Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for uh, the fact that you are our guide, that you uh, that, that actually as we read your word, we recognize the, the love story it is, the love letter it is to your people. And Lord, we receive that today. And we listen, Lord, to what you have to say. I pray that nothing uh, today, it wouldn't just be kind of information that bounces off us, but it would be words of life that dwell within us. We pray for Rob and ask as he shares with us, Lord, you'd fill his, his lips with your words and fill our ears, Lord, with your words too. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Ed. It's a joy to be with you. And uh, Pam sends a love as well. Hygro is a very special place in our hearts. So we pray for you every day. And it's a joy to be sharing with you today. And as Ed prayed at the very beginning, we want to sense. And in preparing for today, just what does God want to say to us at this time? So it's not just a, a kind of another chapter where we just talk about the Bible, but rather what is God speaking prophetically into our lives at this time? And so it's interesting that um, it's a time when you're just about to launch the D groups for Lent, that real sense of discipleship groups and the importance of discipleship. So uh, I felt a kind of prophetic word for this year of 2022, and it's that which I want to share with you today, but it's particularly relevant uh, to discipleship. So it's wonderful to God's timing in that. So um, if you just show our first um, slide, and this is the word I have felt particularly for 2022, the word priorities. One of the key things about discipleship is seeking first his kingdom. Those words we find in, in Matthew 6, and uh, we just have our next slide, which is Matthew 6, 31 to 34. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? Those are the common things when you get up in the morning. What are we going to eat today? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? That's not the thing that needs to preoccupy our lives. For the pagans run after all these things. The rest of the world is thinking of those same things. And your heavenly Father knows what you need, that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Father, we pray now that you'll come by your Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and speak to us, we pray. Every one of us here, Lord, now, you know us so intimately, Lord. You know everything about our lives. You know what's already been happening today in our lives. The things that preoccupy our thoughts, Lord. Already we may feel distracted because there are things that are worrying us or concerning us. Just as the scripture says, there's so much trouble and worry in our world that can preoccupy us. But Father, you know every detail of our lives. Do you long to speak into our lives? Perhaps for some of us here this morning, Lord, it's a long time since we really personally felt you whisper into our lives your word come now by your spirit lord we pray at the beginning you would speak into our lives and we would experience your power at work in us come now lord come holy spirit help us to understand your priorities lord to seek first your kingdom in jesus name amen Every one of us, when we become a Christian, we become part of the kingdom of God. In a sense, we come under his rule and reign. And Jesus himself said, unless you're born again, you cannot even see the kingdom of God. So what happens when you become a Christian is there's an experience in which God's Holy Spirit brings to birth within you a new life. And in that new life now, it is that God's priorities, his kingdom comes first.
And the Holy Spirit can make that real to us because it's not just us trying to live a better life because we're now a Christian. It's more experiencing a new life in Jesus. The wonder of the cross is that in that sacrifice of Jesus, he made it possible for us to know a new life, a new beginning, a whole sense of a new pathway of discipleship and what that means. And priorities is quite key to that new life. What it means to seek first his kingdom. It's not just a matter of seeking the kingdom of God, but seeking it first. In every area of our life, do we put God's kingdom first? For me, that was quite a significant factor. I've shared with you many times, I'm sure for some of you, um, too many times, but just um, uh, for Pam and I, uh, the very earliest days of Christian ministry, um, that question of priorities was quite key. So um, Pam's original home was Bristol. I, I did my first degree at Bristol, and um, I came back uh, later. I was working for what was then one of the largest companies in the world, and uh, it was exciting days uh, before most of you were born, but uh, it was times when new products were being developed, some of them you're wearing now, and some are part of our daily lives and around the world. But uh, they were exciting days when it had been discovered, and there was racing going on around the world for different companies. And Anyway, we'd been involved in some of that, and I really loved it. It was very exciting. I, I'd come back to, Bri to, to Bristol just to write up the patterns, some of the patterns of these. Now, just in case you think... You, even though the patterns are in my name, you don't actually, it goes to the company, so you, you just, uh, but, but it was exciting times as were. And I was about to take up a new appointment, um, a, a global appointment at that stage when I went back to London. But uh, during that, those early mornings, not far from year, I used to, in the early mornings, go for a walk up at Blaze, just at Blaze, just close by. And uh, I can still remember, and I, I take a little green notebook with me, and I, I had my kind of journal from my, my daily reading or my thoughts and my meditations. And uh, I'd been reading a number. I'd read, been reading in the Old Testament, that amazing passage of Isaiah 6, where there's that sense of Isaiah glimpsing the glory of God, and then that sense of call, who shall I send, who will go? And I was also remember reading in, in Acts, the in Acts 18, just the planting of that church in what was then one of those early housing estates or Roman colonies, which was known as Corinth. And uh, these were things that were stirring me in my little journal. And uh, I sat on a park bench just up here in Blaze. And as I was sat there uh, looking out over this huge council housing estate of Hembury and Brentry and uh, all these red tiled rooftops, and as real as if someone was sat next to me, just like we prayed this morning, God spoke to me. I felt a real sense if God said to me as I'm looking out, who shall I send who will go? And uh, uh, my heart is racing as I think, ooh, what is God, are you, are you calling me, Lord? And I remember writing in the back of my little uh, green um, hard-covered little notebook options. One, one was that I, I was on a phenomenal salary. I would retire early and, and just come and live on one of these, and work here. Or the other one was that Bristol University and Bath University were also involved in a kind of race in some of these research areas. And it would be, I, I might just come and do some research with them. Or the company had a, 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 and I went down my list and I got to number 19. Number 19 was that I would resign from professional life and come and live on one of these councilless housing estates. And I was on a secrecy contract, so I couldn't just do it immediately. It would take many months to do it, but I, I would do it. And I, I remember, but, but Lord, this is the cream of my life. This is all I've been working towards. And I felt God say, but it's the cream of your life I want. You've only got one life to live, and it's only what's done for Jesus that will really last. And it's about priorities, priorities. I was genuinely seeking God's kingdom, was I willing to put that kingdom first? 
a long story short, but we were just a young family, had our first baby, and I remember coming back and sharing with Pam, and she felt some similar stirrings, but it was for me that sense of priority. What does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? Now, it's not just the big questions of life. It's the daily decisions of life. For every one of us, priorities about day to day. It's, it's how you use your time, how you use your energy, how you use your money. Even today, even this past week, it'll be just a, a challenge of God's priorities in those daily decisions. It's key to discipleship. That's why with these D groups, it can be an opportunity over those 40 days just to look at some of those daily rhythms of life, those decisions of life, the way we use our time, the way we use our energy. You see, lockdown has somehow disturbed and turned upside down many of those priorities for all sorts of reasons. I mean, just the fragility of life where there's been so much pain and suffering and worries about health or finance, family or relationships. And somehow the pandemic has brought a kind of lockdown sense where you become much more closed in domestically and it's more about survival. Don't ask me to do anything else, Robert. Just, I just want to keep, a, I just want to survive it all. But there's a time for us to review those priorities. Even just those daily things of how I use time. End of the day, I'm just so tired, Rob. I've got time. I just slump into a chair and watch whatever's on telly. But don't expect me, Rob, to be able to pray. or kind of, Yeah, but it's about priorities. If I've got time to read, Rob, I just need to just a quick chance to look at the paper and just catch up on the news of what's happening in our world. But you mean read your Bible? Yeah, because... It's about priorities. It's not just reading what's happening in the world, but God's perspective on that world. And so that sense of priorities that's key to discipleship. Discipleship itself has those priorities. Those amazing words in Scripture, it says, Jesus himself says that uh, for the disciple, when you feel a sense of challenge of something you want to do, but first of all, sit down and count the cost. The priority is first seek to count that cost because discipleship has a cost to it. That's what I mean. Every day is a cost to it. Am I really going to just, well, just relax in an armchair and watch the telly or am I going to give some time prayer? Am I going to really just not be able to just do the crossword and do the things in the paper or something, but just to read my Bible? Well, there's a kind of cost to it, isn't there? You see, the principle of the kingdom is this, that the entrance fee... The entrance free fee into the kingdom of God is free. But the annual subscription is everything. It is. That's, that's what discipleship is about. It's a cost of that discipleship. And we're going to look at two of those key areas, those key principles of priorities. So our next slide is, that was the one on discipleship. Uh, next one is the first and great command. So these two key factors, the great command and the great commission, they shape our life. As Woodlands Church family, these will permeate everything we do. They're part of our vision, our values, our goals. These two great principles, they shape everything. The great command and the great commission. And they're so profound. See, here is the great command, and this is Jesus speaking. So it's not just me giving what I think are the priorities for the kingdom. It's Jesus himself saying, this is not just a great command, not just the greatest command, but the first and greatest command. Now that's priority, isn't it? 
Jesus says this is the first and greatest command. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, with your whole being. That's the very essence of the kingdom. It's not about duty. It's not about religious practice. It's about devotion. You know, even when, even when those closest disciples had failed Jesus and done, they denied him and betrayed him and done everything else, as it were, when Jesus meets them in his resurrection, the first thing he says is, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? It's about devotion. To love God with all our heart, all our soul, our whole being. Now, this is where we need to dig deeper, and it's so profound. Because Jesus gives, in, if we're dealing with priorities, priorities is about order, pecking order, if you like. This is the first and great commandment. Then he says, the second commandment is this. The second commandment is that you love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that may seem an obvious uh, consequence, but somehow there's a bit of a dilemma in it because of this. And you've heard me say this principle before because it's such a key factor. If I love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength and my whole being, what have I got left to love my neighbor with? I mean, that's my whole being. I'm loving God with everything I've got, my whole being. So I've got nothing left now to love my neighbor with except this divine principle kicks in. And this is so profound that when you understand it, it can, it can change everything. See, when I love God in my whole being, what happens is now, God comes by his Holy Spirit and he fills me with his love. The Bible puts it like this, the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. So now I discover a source of love that's not me just trying to find a bit more love now, you know, to, to love my neighbor as well, but it's God's love now, it's now the Holy Spirit loving through me. And this love is a divine love, is a love beyond anything I could normally muster up, as it were. I begin to find I can love people that I thought were unlovable. I can do things and share things that I never thought were possible. And I think, wow, was that me? No, it wasn't you. This is God's love made real in us by the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit can produce in us a love. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. So the Holy Spirit is producing in us a love that we could not naturally do. Now, in case you don't fully appreciate that, there's a sense in which the greatest chapter in the Bible on love is Corinthians 13. Now, you might think, but surely, Rob, um, uh, loving our neighbor is the very key to, to being church, even. It is a key consequence of loving God with all our whole being. But if we make the second command the first command, then we've lost the, the plot. And sadly, when we look at church history... Sadly, for many churches, this has become... Uh, it happens very subtly, you find, over time, particularly as church becomes more institutionalized in its format. But you, you'll find is that for many, many church situations, the second command has become the first command. But you say, Rob, that's a noble thing, surely. To love your neighbor yourself is surely the very essence of what it is to demonstrate. We, we have many things we do. Let's just take the noise as we do that. But, but the noise says very clearly, this is demonstrating God's love in action. 
It's actually the love of God being expressed. But if we lose the sense of priority, and it is a priority, the priority is to love God with your whole being. That's the priority of what we want to be communicated is that good news of Jesus. And if you lose it, now, what I was about to say about Corinthians 13, that great chapter on love, here's the great one we often quote, I suppose, is the classic chapter on love. And you might think, but to love your neighbor, Rob, is surely to, you know, to be willing to share what you have, your possessions, to do whatever you can to show God's kindness, God's love. It is. But Corinthians 13 says this. Even though I give all my possessions to the poor, the very essence, surely, of loving your neighbor is yourself. But it says, even though I give all my possessions to the poor, but have not love. You think, but what do you mean? That is love. Surely this is what it means to love your neighbor yourself. If you give all your possessions to the poor, you couldn't do more than that. No, 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 no. That's a very noble thing. It's a very kind thing. It's a very philanthropic and caring thing. But there is a love that goes beyond that human philanthropy, that human care. There is a divine love. Love divine, all loves excelling. Joy of heaven to earth come down. It is the love of God shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. A love that goes beyond anything that I can do in all my human kindness and care and noble acts. As good as they are and as much as we should be encouraged them in a secular world, we want to encourage But it is not the first priority. The first priority is to help people to discover what it is to love God with all their heart, with all their mind, with their whole being. And then flowing from it naturally, supernaturally, is the second command. You've been to find then, it's not you having to kind of muster up and struggle, as it were, but this is the Holy Spirit producing in you that love of God, that love divine, all love's excelling. I must hasten, but these are key principles. They are Jesus' priorities for us. The second is the Great Commission. Quoting here from Mark 13 and verse 10, where um, we can just put it up. The gospel must first be preached to all nations. This is Mark 13, verse 10. Again, it's Jesus speaking. It's Jesus' priorities. Jesus' last words on earth to those disciples had been, you remember, the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. Now here's Jesus about to leave them and give them this great commission. You say, but Lord, don't leave us. He said, but I'm with you always to the end of the age. How is he with us? By his Holy Spirit. So now the Holy Spirit is making it possible for us to make this message known in our world. But then Jesus here in Mark 13 gives some amazing insights into these priorities of the kingdom. This gospel must first be preached to all nations and then the end will come. This same chapter goes on in verse 26. Jesus begins to speak about the end of the age. He says the Son of Man will come in the clouds with great power and glory. He's speaking here of that second coming of Jesus. We have not long ago just celebrated the first coming of Jesus, Christmas. That first coming was predicted and prophesied over thousands of years. Many, many prophecies. 
And yet when it happened, least expected. The second coming of Jesus has also been prophesied. Over hundreds of years, 2,000 years have passed. You know, today around the world, millions of people will make a public declaration in liturgy, these words. Christ has died. Christ has risen. And Christ will come again. I would speculate that if you were to interview many of those people as they left the church and said, just a moment, you just spoke aloud, declared, Christ will come again. Do you really believe that? Well, yeah, I, I declare, yeah, but do, does it shape your life? Well, I, I think about it when we say it, but is it the priority of your life? Does it shape your priorities? For me, every day of my life, for many years now, before even sat on that park bench, which is a long time ago, I say every morning, when I get up in the morning, I look out, even on a winter's morning when it's dark, but I still look up into heaven, I say these words. Is it today, Lord? Is it today? My children, as they've grown up, often would smile. They'd even say when we were on holiday, Dad, have you said, is it today, today, on holiday? I said, yeah, on holiday as well. Is it today? What does it mean to live our lives with a conscious sense of eternity? A sense of that priority. You see, the Bible speaks about not just waiting for the coming of the Lord. It actually says about hastening the coming of the Lord. Well, how can I hasten the coming of the Lord? I don't even know when it's going to be, the day or the hour. But how can I? This is how you hasten it. This gospel must be preached to all nations and then the end will come. Whenever I communicate to someone that good news of Jesus, I'm hastening the coming of the Lord. Every day of our lives, we'll be crossing paths with people. I've just said, just a little while back now, we were on a Wednesday, Pam and I usually take over for a walk somewhere, enjoy some time out. We were going down to Seven Beach to the, well, at least to the a new passage there where there's that little walk along the Seven, uh, seven Estuary there. And uh, as we were going along, we... Passed on the roadside, there was a little sort of um, trailer and some plants for sale, bargains from a pound. Now, my Pam, she can't miss a bargain, whatever it was. I'm sure if they were selling satellite dishes, but anyway, this is plants, pound each. And so we stopped, and sure enough, we got a few of them, and we were down the path, and it says you have to ring on the doorbell and give the man the money, as it were. And so Pam's on the way down, and as she does it, this old man comes out, really looking ancient old man, but he's, he's got a bandage over his arm. He's looking really pale. And anyway, Pam's giving the money. He said, oh, she, no, you know, my Pam, what she's like, she's, oh, my love, she said, what's happened to you? He said, oh, I fell off a stepladder yesterday day. It was only the first step. He fell off, but he really badly bruised himself and he was going to see the doctor the next day. And Pam said, oh, I'm so sorry, my love. And as she said those words, she felt that prompting of God's spirit. You pray for him. Never met him in her life before. And so she said, she says, you know, I'd love to pray for you with your arm. He said, oh, you do that because if next time we go, no, no, I'd love to do it now, she said. And so she prays. As she prays for him, she really felt God touch him and and the pain that was there was, was relieved. And anyway, she'd be able to share with him about Jesus and that. So 
we were on our way with our plans, but then um, I think it was two weeks later, Pam was speaking at a little chapel called Emmaus in Seven Beach. And uh, as she's speaking there, she mentions about this uh, little cottage up the road. And it was Farmer David, and he used to go there as a child there. And, and so anyway, they agreed. So the next week, they went and visited. This is just for Christ by Christmas. And he came to the Christmas services. And it was amazing to see God. But every day of our life, we're meeting a Farmer David somewhere. It's just whether we're ready. Whether we feel the sense of urgency. Whether there's that sense of life. Is it just about day to day? What we should eat, what we should drink, what we should put on? Or is there a sense of eternity? What's of eternal significance? It's only what's done for Jesus really last. And so for us today, particularly if we set sights on these D groups and discipleship and shaping those daily habits, or is it to sense those priorities for our life? Even as we come to break bread together now, it's a great opportunity just for us to review those priorities. What it is to seek first his kingdom. Father, come now by your spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to review our own personal daily priorities. In Jesus' name.